Hello, and welcome to Create Belonging. This is the podcast where we explore the world through the lens of belonging. My name is Matteo Bornico, and I am the creator and host of this podcast. And here it is where we get to sit down and we interview authors, artists, thinkers, doers, and experts on how they help to create belonging for themselves and for others. For today's show, I wanted to start off by asking a simple question. What is art for? So why do we consume and, and create art? And what makes something a work of art? And many of the definitions and, and people I speak to and philosophers that came before me that have dealt with the question, almost all of them have one thing in common. And it's that they agree that art is the expression of emotion. In fact, I don't think there could be art without emotion. There is a, a very famous author. Her name is Laurie Halsey Anderson. And I found this really great quote. And she says, art without emotion is like chocolate cake without sugar. It makes you gag. And I thought that was a really fun way to describe uh, what's happening when we experience a work of art. And so why am I talking about art and emotion in Create Belonging? Shouldn't we be just talking about belonging? Well, <laughs> I think that emotions play a big part in belonging. And I often refer to belonging as a feeling, a sense that comes within ourselves that helps us to align with who we are in the world and how we interact with others and society. So in a way, in order to rediscover our sense of belonging, we need to be in tune with our emotions. And one of the ways of getting in touch with our emotions is to experience art. And so that leads me to my guest today. Today, I'm speaking with a spoken word artist named Karone Campbell. Now, Karome was born in Jamaica. He was raised in New York City and is currently living in Stockholm, Sweden. Karone, like many of us, is someone that has given a lot of thought about belonging. And through his words, through his art, he's able to communicate wholeheartedly in a way that very few of us can. But even if spoken word and poetry is something that not everybody does, I think we could all relate to the emotions that his work evokes. And so before we get into the conversation with Crone, I wanted to start off this podcast a little bit differently and play you one of his pieces. If you're listening to this and you're washing the dishes or walking the dog or you are in the middle of a road trip with your special someone, I want you to just slow down and really listen and feel these words. I want you to pay attention not only to the imagery that appears, but also the emotions that come up. After I play you this piece, we're going to jump right into the conversation. Now, I don't know which mood you're in, but I can tell you that after I listened this for the first time, I was truly moved. 
And so I'm hoping that you pay attention and you really truly feel what Crone is trying to evoke. This was completely not hard for me. I had to squeeze, breathe life into this issue, then unleash my anger and rage. My starved emotions that's been caged. My sadness and being broken hearted that started with the color of my face. Because it's hard sometimes loving yourself when living in a world that hates you and still tries to break you. And it's simply dismissive to say a person shouldn't exist on the basis of the color of their skin. And the sickest thing is that we've built a system to blame the victims. See, racism still lives within almost everything. Skilled with the task to keep me second class. So how could you not believe in the inheritance of pain? And it's clear the existence of this stain still lived through till this day. How could you still think this is not about race? Wishing to exist within the bliss of your own ignorance. Which is no different from embracing the true status. The truth of maybe being a racist. But no one's ever a racist until they're faced with it. Until they see those other faces in the same neighborhoods that they remain within. And it's amazing, if our lives never merge, how hard you would work to avert your eyes from my hurt. So let's pretend. How about I enslave your ancestors, those distant family members, cage them in the bottom of my ship in dark, crammed spaces, and for the ones that have made it, break their souls. Leaving no hopes, no goals to chase, even if they escape my control, then change them. Then the generations later, kids, 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 which is you telling me to get over it. Can't dismiss my purpose to say this is the most hurtful shit any person could ever utter from their lips. This is one hell of a topic. To utilize the mind to destroy human lives for profits, to dehumanize without logic. Can you imagine the consciousness of being a slave to be brave when getting a beating from whips while locked in chains. Or the shame of seeing your loved ones dealing with the ordeal of being raped. But you can't do anything. You have to behave. So look closer. Can't you see the pain that's left over from my color contrast generations of the past that have suffered? Can't you see it? The hurt that's transferable. See, we claim to be strong, but the weight of this pain has been pulling us down for way too long. Drowning in the untamed waves of our emotions. Can't you feel it? The hurt bursting out of our beings that lives beneath our surface. So many we have in surplus. 
that haven't ceased disturbing us. See, I'm squeezing to extract that you lack of seeing. And we don't need to seek your acceptance to believe we're outstanding human beings. So being black, we're just unpacked in these feelings. The photosynthesis of what we've been breathing in since this racism shit's beginning. Why can't you see the misery we've received and understand the stress of racism's effect? Because I'm still reliving the simple level of this pebble ripple effect. Okay, so Karone, welcome to Create Belonging. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matteo. This is uh, this is good. Thank you. Yeah, and um, I, I first heard uh, about you through Innocent Podcast, and he was my first guest. And I have to say, I was really blown away when I've heard it. It um, um, you shared about your your not just your story, but also your your poetry. We were going to get into later on, but uh, yeah. it, I my my instinct said, oh, I have to get you on this podcast. So I'm so glad you're here. Ah, uh, man, uh, thank you for having me. Because uh, yeah, when I when I got the the um, the email or the the message from from Innocent as well, uh, I wasn't uh, surprised. I'm not sure if I'm like uh, you know hyping myself up too no. much. No, but... by all means. Um, but, uh, I was very, very interesting in, in finding out uh, the background of your podcast and wanted to, to, you know, to be a part of something bigger than, than I'm, what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and yeah, another reason why I got you on the podcast is because I want your work to be heard. I want, I want you to have use this as a platform for you to reach even like a wider audience. So yeah, by all means, uh, yeah, that's what we're here for. Thank you. Okay, so um, Karon, why don't you um, introduce yourself the way that you you like to be introduced? Um, let's see. Karon is a. I'm a very creative person. You know, it, it's it's sort of strange when uh, when people always say, you know, I've always been a writer since I was this small, and I've yeah. always been like, kind of. But um, no, I I've been a creative person since. Uh, God knows when, you know, I've kind of followed after my older brother, him and his friends used to, you know, draw their own comic books. So I followed suit and, and did my own, uh, you know, I played in the band. Uh, I liked to dance. I did now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the, the world of, uh, writing, uh, poems and, uh, uh now, uh, venturing into writing my first novel. So, um, I am a person who loves words, uh, who love playing with words, uh, and just being as creative as possible. So, um, that is, uh, who I am. That is Karone and a guy who's just filled with love and, uh, wanted to be around people and talk and converse and yeah, that's, that's who I am. Awesome. Great. But um, we're both uh, living in Stockholm at the moment. But your story yeah. doesn't doesn't start in Stockholm. Take us back a little bit about where where did you grow up and 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 where were you living before this and and how was that? 
Yeah, so I was, where my story began is in uh, Jamaica, West Indies, in the Caribbean. Uh, I was born there in the capital, Kingston, in the 80s, or 1982. Lived there until I was about 12 years old. You know, life there was, uh, you know, as a kid, you, you really don't know much but you're just enjoying yourself. You're going to school, you know, you're playing around, you know, having fun with friends. And at 12, I moved to the States, moved to New York, but it was so funny that we moved from Jamaica and then moved to Jamaica, Queens wow. yeah. <laughs> in, in New York. And then um, I would say a year or two later, I went to Jamaica high school. So, you know, I, I you know, yeah. Jamaica was every step of the way, you know, in my heart that, and it wasn't trying to leave at all. Yeah. I mean, the journey started in Jamaica, it went to the States and now here I am uh, in Sweden where, you know, the journey pretty much continues right? Um, and loving, loving where it's going. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the background, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. You're you're dancing around the word of, of, of which is the theme of this podcast, right? Belonging, right? Um, yeah. You're almost touching. It's like you know, I, you know, I, I don't belong there. Or I do belong. So so tell me <laughs> tell me about. Um, I'm just gonna ask you straight up. Like, so where where do you belong, and and or when when do you belong? Um, when do I? I mean, I belong now. Uh, I can say I belong all the time um, as in the, the grand scheme of things. Um, prior to that, you know, I never, even with friends, I never really felt like I belong in, in the midst because, you know, most of my friends um, as an adult were, you know, living in, in New York were you know, super successful and they're still successful, you know, and I look at myself and I sort of see myself the person outside and working hard to be on the inside. Um, was it like that for them? Probably not. But for me, I, I had that, uh, that thought process. Um, and I mean, I felt I, I belong within the group. Um, but for in my own mind, I, I didn't feel like I, I was having like sort of like an imposter yeah. uh, syndrome um, happening there. Um, but I now feel like I belong here in, in Sweden with my wife. Um, now our first kid on the way. Um, it, you know, I, I've, I've sort of like never, I've had this like in and out belonging with, with my family um, because they're also having to question that, that thing themselves. Um as far as do I belong in the States? Is this a country where that benefits me? That this is where I fit in? Um, because, you know, you're coming from one country where, you know, the life is not easy, but it's not as, as hard as, you know, being in the States because everything is so, you know, go, go, go. And it's a singularity mindset. It's very interesting because you have the, uh, I don't know if it's like, curse or or a, or a, or a gift that when you're an immigrant um, you always have that choice of okay mm. we don't we weren't born here we can still pack up and go um, mm. and so you always had that door kind of open it's like okay I yes I am from New York but I I'm also from Jamaica and I've moved before what stops me again and then here you are right 
so tell me a little bit more about um, um, coming here in Sweden, and um, I, I believe it was five years ago, right? Uh, you know, I, I I looked at the the day. Actually, it was six years ago. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Time flies. Yeah. And uh, so so you came to to Stockholm, and what was your first days? What was, what was that like? I moved here just to go back. I moved here with with an ex. So we kind of stopped, did a stop in in Iceland for a couple of days, and enjoyed the weather, even though it was, you know, during the, during the winter month, it was in the be beginning of January. So it was super cold. But when we landed in Sweden, immediately, I felt a sense of, this is cool. But the first, maybe this is Sweden welcoming me uh, in the sense where, you know, your family now, or you're sort of, you know, belong to this country now. My, the first hour, I would just say, I left my phone in the taxi. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I was so eager to, you know, to get the bags out of the taxi, bring them up to the apartment. Yeah. Long flight as well. Yeah. Long, long flight. Um, and, and three hours in the apartment, I asked myself, where is my phone? And uh, lo and behold, my, I left the phone in the, in the taxi tried to call the taxi company just to get the phone back. And unfortunately that did not happen. So wow. that was my first uh, experience uh, uh, in Sweden, but I would say the next day uh, or next couple of months, we were walking to the, the grocery store and when the trees and, you know, the grass and everything around us started to, to blossom and bloom, everything felt so fresh. Uh, so the colors were just so rich. And I said to myself, mm, this is it. No, this, this is the, this is the place where I, I belong. And I sort of, I never really felt like that in the States. Um, I think one of the thing that made me felt comforted was, you know, my family and friends, because, you know, there, that's that strong bond that that I have with them. But as far as belonging to a land or a country, I never felt that with the states, and I I felt that here with the uh, with Sweden. Yeah, it um, it sounds like, I mean, there's many factors that that could probably lead you to to feel like that. One of them could be the fact that it was a uh, you made this this choice as an adult, whereas when you were a kid, you were kind of saying, okay. You're going to New York, <laughs> um, and and so that also having that certainty that this was, I'm here because I choose to be here, and that that also gives that. Exactly, because I think I think um, I might have said this before um, in our, our pre one of our previous conversation that moving to the states, uh, and it's sort of like what most. Um, Swedes have their relationship with uh, with uh, New York or California. Um, it's that love relationship that they've seen via movies or you know uh, reality shows, uh, and everyone wants to go to experience what they're seeing. 
And I had that experience. I had the, the you know, I've seen the the Home Alone, the Home Alone 2s and, and all of these, you know, different shows where, you know, a kid is, you know, walking in the bed with their with their with their shoes on. Like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Wearing <laughs> and pajamas. It, uh, and it, it, yeah. Yeah. Like I, exactly. I didn't know pajamas before I moved to, to Canada. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, you, you wanted that experience. Um, and uh, when it didn't happen, it was that sort of hit in the gut um, sort of disappointment. But, you know, you never really had a chance to really process that because, you know, you just have to continue and move move forward because the moment you stop, you know, everyone else that's coming to the country or moving to um, New York from a different state, they'll just, you know, run you over, um, sort of that thing. And then moving here, um i had no expectations whatsoever uh it was just open-minded it has to be what it what it is um what have whatever happened happens but i'm gonna make the best opportunity out of it um and one of the the things that uh that my my ex mom told us when we were moving here was you know you can be anything and anyone no one knows your story before um you just have to create what you want now and i took that to heart uh and i was just open at creating uh myself in 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 a different way so yeah yeah that's that's amazing you you kind of um the distance of being away from from what you know and and who knows you it gives you the possibility like you said to, to become who you want to be that's, exactly. That's that's, yeah. a, that's an amazing story. Um. Okay, I wanted to just cut the flow a little bit of the conversation, just to highlight a couple of the points that Caron was trying to make. And the first one is that he acknowledges that as a child, all we want to do is fit in. Now, this is true for you. It was certainly true for me. Um, but this this urge to fit in as when we're young, it's even more so when we are a new immigrant to a country. Now, I remember wanting so desperately to fit in that I had my I had I asked everybody in my in my class and my teachers to call me Matthew just because I didn't want to be called Mateo because I was ashamed of of my name and I thought that it just didn't belong in English-speaking Canada. He also mentioned how even when you're so young, you would see images of, I mean, in his case, it was fitting into American society and how he quickly realized as a kid that the life that he thought he was going to be having, which is what he saw in TV shows, and this is also true for when you look at the images that you're getting from from the media and from society that, you know, your life doesn't really quite fit that model that you see that everybody else should have. And so even as a young person, you become disillusioned by not being able to fit in into what is quote-unquote ideal. But it, does, it doesn't only happen to immigrants. It also happens if you're from a visible minority or even if you're, if you come from a, a household that it's not what's called typical. 
And so not fitting in as a child really wires us a little bit different and to be a little bit more sensitive about belonging. And so what normally ends up happening is when that child grows up, it's easy for that person to move, to immigrate, and to be more intentional about where they want to set roots and grow. This happened to me, <laughs> and it also happened to, to Corona. And as we travel and we get to call different places our home, we begin to realize that there's no perfect place. This even applies for here, for Stockholm. And as you will soon hear, Stockholm is the city where Caron found his belonging. Yet at the same time, he is also a black man living in a predominantly white society. And he has had to deal with some forms of racism. And, and so that leads us to where we pick up the conversation next, where I get to ask him what's, what's it like being a, a black man living in Sweden. So you are living in Stockholm and, um, and you are, of course, a, a, a black man from New York. And how, what, what's it like being black in Sweden from, from in your eyes? Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's to compare it to New York, um, whatever difference um, that that you know the differences that I have it's it's very subtle um, I think it's one of those things where no one really talks about it um, and it's more swept underneath this uh, this rug that you you tend to ignore it's sort of like the elephant in the room um it's the only time it's been the differences or discrimination or or you know race ever gets discussed is when there's someone on the radical side of things um have their thought process and then every you know i would say every most people are like whoa that's that's not us we don't do these things but the reality of it is that sort of it might not be done consciously, but the unconscious self um, have different mannerism of how you handle a person of, of color in your environment. Um, the subtle, you know, um, looking around who's on the train. Oh, I, I, I won't sit next to that person or um, this person is walking towards me. I'm going to put my phone in my pocket. I'm going to, you know, you know, hold my my purse or my bag even closer towards me. Uh, and I think those things, you know, affected me in a way where you know, I got so self-conscious of it. And then I realized it's not me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I know who I am. Um, I know what I bring to the table for, for myself. Um, people have to figure out what is it that they feel so threatened Um by the sight of someone of colored. Uh, and I think that that's the thing that needs to be processed. Yes, I mean, there are people that are, you know, 
are born to do um, bad things and not say born, but the disposed because of the environment or whatever, how they were raised that will, you know, they will rob you. They, they will do other things. Um, but not everyone is, is that. Uh, and if that's the case, then the, the amount of, of tally we can, uh, put up against in, in the world of what white men did throughout the, <laughs> throughout the centuries, then, you know, we will all be terrified, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the subtleness of, uh, of Sweden. No one really talks about it. Everyone just pretends like nothing really is happening in, in the country when it, with regards to, to race or, or discrimination or anything like that. There is a book that I, I recently read. Um, it's called The Subtle Acts of Exclusion. And this is um, it's kind of a rebrand of, of what used to be called uh, microaggressions. Yeah. And so, and the problem, the, according to the authors, are is that microaggression tends to be, uh, they're neither micro <laughs> or they're not necessarily aggressive. Um, yeah. It's more about like things people say or p things people do that leads them to be exclusive, like to exclude other people. Mm. And um, I think that's, I mean, of course, uh, what you're talking about, it sounds a lot that these are just like little micro <laughs> or little subtle acts of, of exclusion that, uh, that you encounter. Yeah. Um, but um, of course that um, what I find Uh, wonderful is that you're not letting this impact your your sense of belonging. You're um, you're still comfortable being here. I mean, you're uh, setting roots. Uh, almost uh, you have a, a kid on the way, so congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> And um, yeah, so okay. So as you can see, this conversation could have gone for a long time, and it definitely did, but. I do need to make some edits, not because there was nothing to share. It's just because I want to be respectful of your time. So I wanted to bring um, back the conversation to the point where we discuss his work. And in particular, the piece that I played earlier from the beginning entitled The Inheritance of Pain. And I wanted to know why it was important for him to talk about the past. So I hope you enjoy the the rest of the conversation. Okay, so let's dive right back in, shall we? You know, when we when we talk about the past, um, we think of it as, um, in relative term, it's a physical thing, um, which you know, you know, physical. Um, Um, activities happens, you know, th there's a, an action that happened in the past. Um, but in the sense that the ramification of those things happening um, leaves a, a, a big stain um, within the, within people's emotions, within people's psyche um, and the way you, and the way people perceive things moving forward. Um, if we, we look at, um, you know, just racism in, in general, um, 
you know, th- there's always been this conversation of, you know, the past is the past. You know, I'm I'm not my ancestors. My ancestors did that to you. Um, I didn't do that to you. But people people forget the the idea of um, PTSD or trauma. Um, y- you know, people from World War II or any war are still dealing with trauma. Um, and the, the idea of writing off the trauma that people of color, whether it's Black, Asian, or, you know, Muslim, that have faced um, and how they've dealt with it, um, whether good or, or, or lashing out, it's, it's a matter of how do you, how do we deal with the trauma rather than saying, get over it? Yeah, or it's you, know? you that's perpetuating this, this trauma. Like you are, can you just move on, right? Exactly. And, and, and like think- I, me as a white person is, is looking down at you and saying, it's you that's perpetuating this thing. Just can we move on, right? And that's, yeah. I, I think what we're, I mean, what you're talking about is, is about bringing things to the surface so so yes a lot of these these aggressions a lot of these this trauma that you're talking about that dealing with the past it's all happening like it's buried it's buried in the subconscious it's buried in the deep into the systems and it's it seems to to me that you're saying that in order for us to 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 move on like many people in like are implying that we should be doing we need mm-hmm. to bring this up to the surface and we need to deal with them, right? Yes. A- and your way of doing it, um, can, you, can you tell me how, how are you contributing to bringing things to the surface? You are a creative person, as, as you said at the yes. beginning. And uh, you are creating uh, a body of work that, um, that needs to get out. So, um, so tell me about um, you... You are a poet, so t- tell me more about uh, about that. I mean, I I fell in love with with the craft uh, around two thousand three. Um, you know, a, a friend of mine um, was going to open mics, uh, and I've always read people's poems, um, whether it's you know in my high school yearbook. Uh, and and said to myself, you know, I I would love to write like that. Um, but over the years, I've kind of you know gradually started getting better and better. And now that I'm um, here, um, I've I found I found my voice. I found um, what is it that matters um, to me and the thing and the topics that I would love I, I write about. So. For me, the, the essence is finding out the the deeper meaning of of things, uh, and just like just run uh, on that level. Um, like I told you, I just finished writing a a a spoken word um, show um, theater show themed around uh, family, and it's more about finding out who my family the who the members of my family are uh i know them as you know my brother my sister my mom you know my dad um but who are they individually 
who are you as a person? I'm missing out on, on that story. So I kind of like dig deeper into their story and, and write about this. And, you know, I love bringing up those topics and, you know, shining light um, on, on that portion of, of our lives because we don't talk about it as much. And um, yeah, and I, I love the fact that um, I'm not a poet myself. I'm a, uh, I love words. And, um, but yeah, the way you, you craft these, um, these very eloquent poems, it's, it really cuts right to, to, to your core. And, um, and I think it's, it's wonderful that you're doing this work. Um, and you said you discovered your voice here in Stockholm. Yeah. And um, what was that? Uh, what was that like? Why? Why not in? Why not in New York? I mean, what? What? What happened here? Or? Or how? How did that come about? Um, I the discovery was I needed to be away from the people that I love. Where I found it was I was I was going through a breakup. And uh, for years, I've been trying to start writing again, and it just never really happened. And sort of through this process of realizing that the relationship that I was in was no longer going the, the way that I wanted to, to go, or not just going the way that I wanted to go, was, was just not working out for either one of us. Uh, it, you know, things just started happening um, where I I just found words here, there, just walking down the street, being on the train um, and just going through therapy after that. Uh, I sort of said, OK, this is the path that I, I want to write about. Um, mostly sad, you know, mostly eye opening. Um but I think it's necessary for me to really touch on those topics and to and to bring them out as much as possible, just to shine the light on them. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just so our our listeners know that you're not just uh, writing about breakups and uh, heartbreak. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much writing about everything. I'm I'm writing about um, our emotions. I'm writing about. Um, you know, what is it like to to walk down the road and and see something that triggers something inside of you? Um, it, you know, it could be laughter. It could be, you know, it could be sad. It could be anger. Um, I just want to make sure that what I write um, has a greater experience on those who are listening um, and who are listening and seeing um, being at a show where I'm performing at. Uh, and I think that's, that's the main goal for me is to bring out every senses in a, a poem that I write. Um, and also when I performing as well. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I think we, I mean, I speak from a personal point of view. I think uh, our society right now, we kind of forget to feel. We're mm. so busy, uh, you know. <clears throat> life accelerates so quickly. We live on a um, on a on a world that's um, you know mandated by visuals and and, and you know photos and, and but there's that we're missing that you know 
that other way of connecting, which is through through feelings, emotions, and and um, yeah, in your work, it's it's definitely it's on that level, which is great. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, but on on that light, um, I, I'm going to go back to 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 your belonging, and um, mm. so so we talked a little bit about your art and what you're working on, and um, but when um so what happens when you feel like you don't belong like what do you do and and um because i'm i'm sure uh living in sweden as a as a black man we talked about yeah. you know that the, the the challenges of that that brings uh even me as an immigrant of sweden i i have many reasons to say that i don't technically belong here but yet yeah. I, I do find my belonging um but every once in a while i get thrown off and uh I'm, I'm guessing it's the same for you, or like the you you find moments that you're like, oh, what am I doing here? Or I I really don't belong. Or or yeah, you know, not really. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 never really experienced uh, experienced um, those moments of uh, I don't know why I'm why I'm here. No, no, because I think. For for me, I've I've had those feelings before, um, and I've had the feelings of I think one the, I think the, the number one factor is I have that feeling of I know what it is to be poor, you know, and being poor is a sense of not belonging, um, and not to say that you know I'm rich or or I'm well off, uh, I'm I'm in a good place. And uh, having a, a, a thought process of saying I don't belong, um, you know, possibly being triggered by someone else, it for me will, won't exist. And I'll try to make it not exist um, because I know I'm, I'm on my journey. And uh, the journey for me is it's much more important than one person saying something or doing something to knock it off because it's, it's, it's bigger than what anyone thinks. Uh, it's sort of like that, um, you know, everyone is that, that, in, you know, that image of like the iceberg in the water, everyone always see the small part, but not see the journey of where that came from. So it's, that's how I take it. You, people don't know my journey. And it's not up to them to, to figure out my journey. If they want to know, they can ask. Um, but they, they won't topple me from, from trying to do the things that I, I am set out to do. Um, and since I have this belonging um, here, and since, I mean, who knows how long it's going to last. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but for now, it, it, is, it is strong. And yeah that that not belonging part i've thrown that idea out you've, <laughs> as you've uh, wrestled the, the demons yeah nice. it, it, yeah. exactly you know i i've i've conquered it as you know hopefully it doesn't come back with you know two more arms <laughs> mutated <laughs> yeah and so in many ways you're one of the 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 ideal guests that i want to bring to this podcast because um 
one of the people I want to reach out to are the people who don't necessarily feel like they belong or they mm. they are, you know, um, they they might not even realize that they don't belong. They just uh, they just feel like they you know they're not well, they're stressed out, or they're you know they're in a relationship that they that doesn't really it's not working out or or so many things and um but then i i want people to learn from like experiences like yours that uh that you said you found that confidence so so do you have any maybe like i don't want to say advice that's that's too strong of a word but yeah any any uh healthy attitudes or practices that you think are necessary to to belong and I mean, we talked about the importance now of having a creative output, of um, of understanding that nobody can take it away from you, for example. Yeah. Or um, do you have anything? I, yeah. I think one of the, I don't have any great advice or like things to do. I, I think I can, this is my story where, you know, I was, as, as I started out writing, I became sort of an introvert. Um, and one of the, the, the number one things that I wanted to do was just to go home and write. Um, but then I found myself being friends with people that are super extrovert. They want to go out, they want to do things and they're amazing. I, I love my friends. And also I want to go out and hang with them, but I found myself being in a room where I didn't belong because I didn't know how to have or start conversations. So the, the number one thing or the challenge that I gave to myself is I want to not be this person. I didn't want to be uh, the introvert anymore. I wanted to, to set out on, and on being an open, you know, a, a person that can have, uh, you know, many conversations. So one of the eye-opening part was going to, uh, before, before this revelation came, I went to uh, a bar with some friends uh, and some work colleagues and everyone was having these conversations about different genres of music. And I only knew two. I knew reggae music and I knew rap music. And I didn't felt, I, I felt like I, I didn't belong there because the conversation was such free flowing and about different artists different genres you know different eras of why this music happened there and I said you know what I am going to expand I'm gonna learn this music listen to this music you know uh being open to to any and everything and you know it led me on a path where you know I can I can go anywhere and I can spark up a conversation with anyone um and uh, and feel comfortable there is um so uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be interviewing soon um an author and her name is uh Sabine Selassie and she wrote a book uh that I absolutely adore um and she talks about the power of curiosity as being a catalyst for for belonging and it sounds to me that you're definitely um onto something when you said that um you know, if I don't know that music, I'll go and study it. And, and if I if I find myself I don't belong, um, I'm curious to know why. And it sounds to me that you're very, very, uh, uh, you have a very curious personality. And uh, I think that's just wonderful. Yeah, I, I, thank you. I think it's, it's one of those things where even if um, you want to learn about something um, and you, you could learn about it, 
but then you realize it's just not who you are. That thing that you just learned about doesn't pertain to your life, but you have the information, you know what that's about. Uh, and you can, you can make a, 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 an educated decision um, regarding that rather than saying, I'm just going to push this to the side because I don't know anything about it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I want to know things and, and, you know, yeah. All right. Um, so Caron, where can people get in touch with you if, if they heard what they, if they liked what they heard and they, they either they want to reach out to you or, or yeah. they, where, where can people find you? They, they can always reach me at, on my Instagram, um, Caron Campbell, um, uh, and also on my webpage, CaronCampbell.com. Uh, so it's K-E-R-O-N-E uh, and then Campbell, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L.com. Um, so yeah, you can, uh, you can reach there um, on my website or also at my Instagram um, handle. Uh, there are several of my poems there, um, uh, written, uh, audio, and also, um, there's a video as well, uh, available on, uh, on both. Uh, yeah, we will certainly have all those links, uh, for, um, and they're in, in the show notes and, uh, and you could find that those at, uh, createbelonging.com and, uh, Corona, I just really want to thank you for this conversation and, uh, I wish you all the the best success, and definitely we'll we'll in the future we'll do a uh, another check in. Um, hopefully, yes, yeah, so uh, I would love that. Yeah, once uh, once you we go live and we get past this this pandemic, so uh, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, thank you. It's it's been a pleasure uh, being here and just having these conversations, um, you know, about belonging and you know just expressing uh, the deeper emotions um, and where we need to, to go moving forward. I think it's, it's really nice just to, just to have these conversations because you know, uh, the, they're very far and few in between. So it's good to, good to, to dive deeper. Okay, so I just wanna say sorry for the abrupt ending there. I don't know if you could hear it from my voice, but um, I had a terrible cold when, when I recorded this interview, and I had to do a lot of editing in this podcast, so there was a lot of coughing and sniffing on my end. So I hope um, you don't mind the way that it just ended so abruptly. So, what did you think of Caron's interview? Now, I knew I wanted to get an artist on the pond eventually. And when the opportunity came to interview him, I, I just jumped right on it. I also wanted him to use this podcast as another platform where he can spread his message. And so I just wanted to say thank you, Karam, for doing this podcast. And to you, my dear listener, I hope that you managed to connect with Karam. Um, now you can find all his contact information on the show notes that you will find at www.createbelonging.com and I'm also going to do a shout out that if anybody has any feedback on my website and have tips on how to improve it or better yet can really help me to figure it out 
I would be incredibly grateful. And so as we close this podcast, I just wanted to give you a quick update on the state of of great belonging. And first, I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry I haven't been able to publish as much as I wanted to. Somebody told me the other day that it's been 10 weeks since my third episode. Even then, when I recorded that episode, I had no idea that I was going to take such a long break. But I'm glad I'm back. And just recording this right now just reminds me of just how much I really enjoy this craft. Even though it is incredibly difficult and tedious and I have to really fight my perfectionist my perfectionism but I really really love doing it in fact if I could I would do this and just just as podcast because I it gets me the possibility to speak to you directly it gets me the possibility to meet amazing wonderful individuals but more it just gives me a sense of of connecting with with every one of you out there. And on that note, I wanted to just to maybe tell you a little bit of what I have planned for the coming episodes. So then hopefully it will get you to to tune in. And if you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead, subscribe. Don't worry, I'm not going to be spamming you or filling up your feed with unnecessary content. So coming up, I have my interview with Sabine Selassie. Now, you might have heard me mention her book earlier. And her book is called You Belong. It's also part of the show notes because I did speak about this book with Crone. And Sabine Selassie is perhaps more than anyone else the one that has influenced me the most when it comes to belonging. She is a Buddhist teacher and a mindfulness professional that lives in America, but she's perhaps one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever met. And so I cannot express enough how much I loved her book. And that interview perhaps is, is it's the one that I'm most nervous about just because I am just in awe of her work and it's truly amazing that I you know I get to sit down and speak to her directly I also haven't recorded an interview uh, with Lola Ockerstrom Lola is a prize-winning photographer travel writer author and just overall powerhouse and you might have seen if you follow me on Instagram at great belonging you might have seen some pictures of me attending her most recent book launch for her first novel called In Every Mirror She's Black. I also have a interview coming up with a political scientist and university lecturer from McGill University in Montreal. And this is the author of a book called Radical Empathy. And there are a few more interviews lined up that I will get to publish very soon, hopefully including the next episode, which is going to be with an urban planner. And in that episode, we get to talk about what home means and how we should think about our cities 
and that interview i'm not gonna spoil it anymore but i hope it will come out soon but until then i hope you go create belonging for yourself and for others thank you